0: What's up? Welcome back to another edition of the DNBR Draft Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use that code DNBR when you sign up. We have a ton to go over. It's draft season. The draft order is set. We have some locks to reference, not a ton. Mm. But there are a ton of talking points that we're going to go over. We'll also talk about the national championship stinker of a game, but we got to talk about it. First things first, how's everybody doing?
2: J Mike, J Mike, J Mike. Congrats on the great piece on Ryan Stonehouse. You know, here at the draft pod, we always, always pride ourselves in being in on all the local guys, big or small. It all started with my Austin Eckler stick. And uh, you know, we've been in on this kind of stuff uh year-round, historic rookie season, phenomenal job covering it. Check it out both on the site, Unlock Story, and on the Rams Pod feed. Um So I'm doing great, man. Fridays are always awesome because they're just podcast days for me. Uh, Some good stuff happening behind the scenes, which uh, are just making life great. And on top of that, this draft season feels like it's going to be a whole lot of fun. So I'm excited about it all, man.
1: Yeah, me too, man. Hat tip to you, Justin. Um, I wanna I wanna retweet you and give you my props on Twitter. I just don't think my mm. my followers would really appreciate that. So uh terrible having you here on the podcast. Um, I did read through it. Good work, man. Uh but yeah, I'm excited. It's draft season. Um everything is going crazy. Jim Harbaugh is supposedly out of this thing now. We'll get into it all. Um, yeah, what a game though.
0: Yeah. I think we should start every podcast hyping up me and my work. That was a that was a great way to get into this. <laughs> Thanks.
2: Guys. I mean, you you pump out enough bangers for us to do that if you would like to to go in that direction. <laughs> is is Schwannman breaking news as a true Michigan man that uh that JH is out? DraftKick Sportsbook presenting sponsor of this uh here podcast still has him as the third shortest odds at plus six hundred. I'm just I'm just saying, Jake.
1: I, I know. I'm just. I've been telling you since I don't know mm-hmm. two weeks ago. the The way he's treated this season has been different, and uh, it seems like he's wanting to just get that much more out of Michigan. That sweet contract, whether it's a uh, triple figures or whatever it is, um, there were some people on Twitter. Uh, Michigan put out another statement yesterday too or Jim Harbaugh put out a statement saying that he's in full support of the president um, and just talking about the team. And I just figured with what we were going to talk about with Sean Payton today, if Jim Harbaugh wasn't the favorite at this point, it seems just, just seems like it's losing steam. Yeah, it
2: does seem like it's losing steam. Um, this is, I mean, this is just one of my deals, but I also thought it was interesting that Garrett Riley who I think low-key would have been one of the hottest like candidates to replace um Harbaugh is off the market. Though, of course, we've all seen like an OC job ain't forever. You know what I'm saying? Cliff Kingsbury mm-hmm. at USC, the homies know. Um, but yeah, I guess that is happening. Maybe this is Jim's way of just finangling. Uh, a massive Mel Tucker-like contract at Michigan. I will say I don't think, like, his suitors are, I don't know. It's a mix. Like, it really depends what Harbaugh wants. If he wants full control and a lot of money, Colts, Panthers, Broncos are pretty nice solutions, pretty nice routes to go Uh, with, with, you know, Variables to each one. You want to draft the guy. You want to redevelop Russ and lean in on that defense. What have you? um Or does he just want a bigger contract at Michigan and feels like there's unfinished business? I did feel like after their loss to TCU, the odds got longer of him making that jump to the NFL. Like this was the season, and then the other thing. And jay i pass the ball to you from here. Is I was thinking Georgia new starting quarterback. Ohio State, new starting quarterback. Oh, Alabama, no. Oh, new starting quarterback. Do you know who of the big dogs that are regulars in the playoffs year after year, or at least semi-regulars, do have a returning quarterback? His name's J.J. McCarthy, and he plays for Michigan. Um, So I wonder how much that could factor in as well. Since it also, let's face it, it, seems like the NFL's a knockin at all times, and maybe with a big raise, also comes a much greater payout. So next time when you want to leave for the NFL, Michigan isn't left, you know, as high and dry if there's like a 10, 20 million dollar buyout versus the two million dollar buyout right now, um, which would leave them behind the sticks.
0: I mean, he certainly deserves a raise at the minimum. I know the national championship game was not his finest moment. I feel like they got too cute on a couple of instances, or the semifinal, not the playoff. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But I don't know. I, I do feel like at some point, if you keep passing up potential NFL opportunities, they kind of stop calling. At the same time, if you're in his position, he probably has a while before he reaches that point. Yeah, I like what Dre said. I don't know. I I all along had felt like he would jump to the NFL just because there are a lot of good opportunities. You got multiple teams with, you know, top draft picks, multiple teams that have pieces in place and aren't, you know, that far away from being a contender. It feels like he could have success, but I don't know. It, it, feels, it feels weird for him to walk away after the way they lost that game as much as he is a Michigan man. But I guess he's a Colts fan too. I mean, I don't... What has his heart more?
1: <laughs> yeah, I. Have. It's a, it's I a tricky one. Like, I just want to say, Justin, you were correct. Michigan did play a TCU in like a de facto national championship game. That was so hard to watch as a Michigan fan. Going, oh my god! If these guys just just didn't mess it up, didn't have the two pick sixes, they're in this game with Georgia, and we don't have to watch a sixty-five to seven blowout. That was just. Well,
2: I mean, it it was the most predictable and, I don't know, after the greatest national semis we've ever had in the college playoff history, probably the worst natty.
0: Well, I mean, it was the biggest, deficit bowl margin of defeat ever. (laughs) Not even national championship. It was the biggest bowl win ever. It was terrible. I mean, I, I thought Georgia was going to cover. I was right about that, I guess. But this game was over in five minutes. It just—it was such a stinker. Max Duggan, after a tremendous season, obviously had a really poor performance. That said, there wasn't really much he could do. He was under fire all game long. I felt like his composure was pretty good for a quarterback that was just getting just the crap kicked out of him, and the way that they were losing, that could have been a situation where it got kind of chippy and ugly. In, in that regard, I guess I credit TCU, but yeah, it was, it was a stinker. I watched the whole game. I was bored for three quarters of it, and I don't know. I, I was also pre-annoyed for all the hot takes. I already went into this rant on my podcast just about like as much as the game was boring. At, TCU is a fun team. They deserve to be there. The, the 12 to 13 games that you play have got to count for something. As predictable as it was, they earned that spot.
1: Oh, awful game though. It's just, it's hard, man, because now this gives some legs to the people against like expanding the playoff. When you see an, a result like this, um, as a Broncos fan, it kind of hurts you because it kind of reminded me of Super Bowl forty-eight or whatever. And I hate <laughs> when people bring that up. So sorry to bring it up, but. It is, it was one of those where it was just the high powered offense goes in against the defense that is just from another planet. And it's over from the beginning and things just snowball, turnovers. Duggan played it's probably worst game. How about Brock Bowers, though, man? I mean, my yeah. God. I, holy cow. What a unicorn.
0: Can he go top five? I know we're going to talk about the 2024 stuff, but.
2: Absolutely I think, yeah. right. Like he's I, I was thinking about this earlier. Like, do I come on the pod and say you'll be the highest drafted tight end of my lifetime? And then I remember, like, oh, Kyle Pitts just happened like two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. so but I think he's right there. He's right there in the Kyle Pitts range where he will warrant an elite grade for a tight end, which is super just completely rare. Um, obviously, Pitts was just that stud, like pretend pretend tight end he's really just a a wide receiver yep. who's just massive and you can flex and stuff bowers is much more like travis kelsey maybe more of a pure inline than kelsey even with his blocking but kelsey-esque in and I, like i realize what a lofty insane comp that is um and how nimble his feet is as a route runner and then you see it in the contact balance and run after the catch stuff. Um, what an unbelievable talent. And correct me if I'm wrong, he's a pure sophomore, two seasons in college football, never lost the game, won two national championships. Yeah. Not bad. Him.
0: And if you've looked at um, Georgia's schedule, the possibility of a 3 P is most certainly alive.
1: Yes, it's terrible. Uh, I said on the Buffs pod this week, Brock Bowers was the best draft prospect in this game. I mean, he is seriously just the combination of speed size and just all around ability the youth as you mentioned a true sophomore uh what is there not to like about him as a draft prospect from georgia i mean it's crazy
0: where are you guys at on stetson bennett because the more i watch him the more i start to like him and i know that his size and i know that his age are detractors but you could do worse. He's a better athlete than he gets credit for. He throws across the whole field. He uses the whole field. I, I, he, you could do worse. That's all I'm saying.
1: He's uh, he's something, isn't he? Uh, I texted, I think, maybe I texted you guys. I thought I, I texted Dre, though. Um, just, man, he is amazing, and I'm, I'm on board. I don't care anymore. I'm just on board. Um, I'm going to end up liking him more probably than most people will like him. And I keep going back to Kenny Pickett, man. I mean, look at Kenny Pickett when he was coming out. An older guy, um, someone who never really had that premier trait, but as we saw from Stetson in the national championship game, finds the open man, gets the ball where it needs to go, can run. Um, So I don't know. He's super intriguing.
2: He is. um, First and foremost, I'm most impressed by that Todd Monk in offense and what a perfect match stenson and the offense was i feel like i've been on this for a year and a half like towards the end of last year like that offense doesn't get its credit um but it's just like unbelievable ohio state exposed them once there was darnell washington got hurt a little bit and they weren't able to go to as many um two tight end sets and what have you kenny mcintosh is really underrated i'm not sure like, aside from college production, there's that much difference between him and like Jameer Gibbs, or Bichon's a bit of another beast entirely. But, um, like, I think he's really special. That O line obviously is just unreal. Um, you know, I think Darnell Washington and Broderick Jones will be two of the Broncos' top targets uh, if they keep that late first. Uh, From the Niners, uh, assuming that comes through, but going back to Bennett, yes, the Kenny Pickett comp is great, but Pickett, you had the advantage of seeing him at Pitt. Where you had to see him like scramble around and do stuff with less timing, um, you know it's just a tough eval. And we forget Pickett has pro pro size, like Pickett's like six three two twenty. it's small, man. Stinson's just small, um, so that's going to make a big difference there. But he's going to be a tough eval just from the fact of how how clean of a pocket, how like running wide are his mm-hmm. receivers. But he does a lot. He you can throw it to all areas, you like his, his swag and ability to compete. And if you feel good about your, like, you know, where he's perfect is, uh, like a Kyle Shanahan offense, which like, whatever. Yeah. Most guys are perfect for that, but you know, um, that guy who's put in the right situation, it's like we're going to cater the offense to you. We're going to simplify things. You just go out execute. You don't need to do much above the x's and O's. You don't need to make a ton of insane throws. You just like execute what we give you, and you'll be just fine. get out the pocket boots like that. He's going to be really nice, you know, but it's uh it's a complicated eval. and I wonder if Duggan's gonna declare, you know,
0: what's your gut say? In terms of round range.
1: For Stetson?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I think he's a fringe day two, day three guy. like yep. Third, fourth round.
2: If you think last year, guys like Sam Howell and Malik Willis were going in that range.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Um, So that, you know, that sounds low, but it's actually kind of giving him a... Like, maybe a bump in what we would have thought typically. But yeah, I, I think that's right where you land. I might be more firmly like early day three and kind of cut out the late day two. But I don't think that's insane.
0: I think I'd have him fourth, fifth round. But yeah, I don't yeah. know. I just, I'm just saying you could do worse. Like, he's a guy I would have on my mm-hmm. roster and not be upset about it in the slightest, especially if you're not desperate for a quarterback. And you're just kind of bringing him in. I guess with his age, maybe you, you wouldn't want to do it for that reason, but
2: I don't know. Look, he's better than Anthony Brown. He's better than Skylar Thompson. Um, That's what I
0: mean. Like, there oh, are a yeah. lot of teams that could have really used him.
2: Oh, to, yeah. Oh, yeah at, four or five games. Absolutely. At the very least, he's a high end third stringer. Like, there's some Brock Purdy. In there, right? Right. To be like, okay. I mean, you you might you might have a little something if he's your third stringer, and all of a sudden he's fourth. And he's better than Trace McSorley. I like him better than that. He's five eleven, though one ninety. He's teeny, teeny, tiny, and he's like he's gonna be twenty five his rookie season. That matters, you know.
1: And he stood back there with
0: nobody in his face ever.
1: Yeah. We're we're talking about Bryce Young as the number one overall pick too, and his size not too far off.
0: Bryce has no. shown an elusiveness. It's not that not that um, right, of course. he hasn't, but I just mean like Bryce's presence is kind of on another level. And he has oh, that sure, Lamar I mean, Jackson quality where he just doesn't take hits. Like he he runs around, he falls down. I know it can change in the NFL and it's it's not really the open field hits you're worried about. It's them landing on you, you know, like a yeah. 350 pound guy landing on you. But he's yeah, so I'm impressive. Not... He's so special. If you take he Will is. Levis over him, <laughs> I'm going to
1: lose my mind. Oh my God. Don't start with this. Uh, we're
2: going we're to touch on
1: that <laughs> in I can't believe it. I mean, I'm sorry. Every time I watch Will Levis, I've just never thought that's the number one overall pick. And I've seen that with Bryce, I don't know how many times.
2: Have you seen Will Levis throw in the inside of the (laughs) the inside gym? Have you seen that video that's been going around? It's just snapping them and they're just straight darts, Jake. That's the season we have officially entered. Uh. Um, And that's where this could be Wentz over Goff or Zach Wilson and Trey Lance over Justin Fields. And... I mean, in Mitchell Trubisky over Deshaun Watson, it is a story as old as time in the NFL draft. Like, I think, I think Bryce Young, he's not even Kyler just as a pure athlete. Like, Kyler, Kyler had like, was such a good athlete that in a couple months of college baseball, he was drafted 10th overall by Billy Bean. That's how much of an insane athlete Kyler is. Bryce is like absurdly elusive, absurdly composed. His natural feel is otherworldly, off the charts. Combined with really nice accuracy, that's aligned with that that pocket poise and the ability to get it out on time with nice placement without always having to be set um and like kyler in college he doesn't take straight on hits though there was that quinn and williams uh, in the national semi where he laid out kyler but whatever you guys get it thing is kyler in the nfl once in a while does get squared up once in a while kyler is injured um like i like you know i it's a it's the stupidest thing i'm ever gonna say but um drew Brees, russell wilson they've won as many super bowls as joe flacco and i think it's because at that size it's the old margins conversation your your margins are slimmer and flacco's are greater and those margins like bear out on a play to play basis even and those big guys strong arm guys can just like you you can switch it on and you literally just need four big plays a game and you you could make a super bowl run. um so all those things need to be considered, but that said, it'd be insane. It'd be insane.
0: Here's a hot take for you. Not that I would do it in the first round or anything, but I'd rather draft Stetson Bennett than draft Will Levis.
1: That's not a hot take. Whoa. That's not a hot take. Whoa. On, Whoa. I don't have the schedule in front <laughs> of me, but whatever the three interception game or whatever it was for Levis this year where he, Bro, he can't see the field, man. No, That's he's... the thing with Bryce. Like you you mentioned the comparisons between him and Kyler, but the thing that stands out the most is what you said about his feel for the game, how he sees the field um, and just like composure as a football player. It's honestly a different level than Kyler. And it's something that Will Levis doesn't just have like at all. Like I don't see it.
2: Levis is really weird, man, because <laughs> Like the raw tools, the drippiness, the sexy prospect aspects, they're all on paper. They're not there when you put the tape on. They just aren't there. And what's insane to me is why aren't we talking about CJ Stroud? Like, you want to be convinced about, you want to evaluate these three guys, watch the three of them against Georgia. Watch Bryce twice last year. The one time they beat him when his wide receivers are healthy, and we're like, holy shit, they can do this to him. So actually, Bowers has lost a game, right?
1: He, yeah, one well, they, they lost one. They game lost to Bama. So yeah. so
2: I need to stop saying that that he's never lost a game in his career. <laughs> um and then what's what's Stroud do to him? Like, and again, I I'll repeat it. I think they I think Ohio State beats them if they don't have like the the emergency backups in at wide receiver by the end of that game and i mean they they were 10 yards away like they were in field goal range and it goes wide left because they just they got a little too lackadaisical once they got in field goal range and didn't hunt those extra yards to make the difference what will levis do 20 to 31 uh pick 215 nothing notable and look now, the other thing is it's way harder to play Georgia when you're supporting cast this Kentucky and not Alabama or Ohio State. Um, but that, I like to me, this stuff matters. You know, it's
0: every big moment Will Levis was in that I watched, he did not elevate Kentucky, and I understand he has those plus traits yeah. that you're talking about. I've heard yeah. a lot of Josh Allen comparisons, but I don't even like that comp because. Yeah, Allen no. had the raw tools, and he didn't have the accuracy on tape. He did have those big moments where he elevated Wyoming, though, and basically single handedly led them to victory. in you know their big rivalry games in the postseason. That stuff matters to me. I, I, I'm not saying like bowl wins should be the you know the reason you're in the first round or something like that, something crazy like that. I'm just saying when the moment was the most intense, I just felt like Levis constantly fell short. Maybe he just needs more time, you know. Maybe with those traits, you know, he, he has he can turn into one of these plus quarterbacks, but you don't really have the time anymore, especially if he gets drafted top 10 and they're throwing him out there in year one.
1: Also, he's 23 years old, man. He turns he's 24 in yeah. June. Yeah. I mean, so I get the plus traits, but, um, to your point with Josh Allen, we saw those traits and those tools like in action at Wyoming. We saw the arm. We saw his ability to run and make insane plays. With Levis, you can tell me about all the tools and everything, but I see them on the practice field. I see him on YouTube videos or Twitter videos. You know, I don't see him when I'm watching games on Saturdays. For sure. The only
2: real Allen comp is they both quarterbacked like one of. The best stretches in school history, at least in the in recent school history, Um, you You know, he's got the winner tag to him, and he he might. Jake, does he fit? Does he check the Parcells boxes?
1: Um, Can you remind me what they are again? (laughs) I forget every time.
2: (laughs) It's three year starter, I believe. It's over twenty wins. Um,
0: team captain. And I think it's something, the turnover rate.
1: Yeah, it's two to one, I think, touchdown to interception ratio. I think he's pretty damn close. Um, I don't have the career stats um, (laughs) pulled up. I'm trying to find them. But, I mean, he started consistently since 2019. The 2020 slate looks, um, you know, a little trim, but it was the COVID year. So they only played, what, eight, nine games or something like that. Uh, Started the last two years. Um, Just doing the math in my head, I think think he has the 2 to 1 touchdown interception ratio um
2: completed a, at least 60% of his passes
1: yep yep
2: we got to figure out if he graduated
1: that's another that's, one that's that's another one yep
2: started 30 games seems like he's about at oh, yeah, 30 yeah so. mm-hmm. <laughs> The NFL going to like. I can't light.
0: wait to ask Jay Norvell about the Bill Parcells rule. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I no. just had this moment, but Norvell yeah, geeks great. out over Bill Parcells and talks about it all the time. Oh my God. And now, with what we're seeing, you know, with Pickett and Brock Purdy, and again, I do think systems should come into play with both of them. Mike Tomlin, arguably one of the best coaches, if not the best coach in the NFL at the moment. And then Kyle Shanahan, you know, elevates everybody. But there is something to that with these guys that have just played a lot of football, even if they aren't necessarily perfect. Like, I don't think they can, I don't think they're going to like lead their team in a way that Mahomes or Allen can, where they can just make a freaky play that nobody else on the field is able to make. But in the right systems with good players around them, you know, they can can do some things. And I think sometimes we get too caught up in chasing those plus traits that we pass on a guy that can win for you.
1: Just something to consider. So oh, for sure. Great it's, points. It's the
2: age-old debate, though, because... Because
0: uh, who's still winning at the end? It's Mahomes and those type <laughs> of guys. So, so it's like you had this inherent ceiling if everything doesn't go right, and I
2: understand that. It's the drippy guys that work out, you know? Even It's like the Giannis's of the world. Who wants to miss out on Mahomes and Giannis, Jake? You okay, so and your sense of Bennett love, you know?
1: I don't know if I'm derailing this too much then, but then we got to talk about <laughs> Anthony Richardson at some point.
2: Yeah, yes, we do.
1: We do. Because That's exactly
2: right. If you go drippy prospect, you go a rich,
1: not Will Levis. I agree and completely. As a passer looked even worse than Levis at times, but he actually has it where you go, man, these traits, these tools, this is yes. something to, yes. that you can potentially, or you know at least one NFL team is going to go, I can, I can mold that guy.
2: Especially with Hertz being like a top three MVP candidate.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, there's a path. That's the problem, though, with this class. This is the first class where it feels like her beyond Mahomes, the, the Mahomes Allen effect has been felt for a minute. That's like Trey Lance, Zach Wilson. But now, on top of those guys, we're feeling the Hertz effect. And I just think we're going quarterback tool crazy. Like we might just start treating quarterback like we treat offensive tackle and tight end and edge rusher. Um, and it's just like, oh, Marcus Davenport, yeah, sign me up. He's a top 15 pick. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah, sure, cool. I see a path, whatever.
0: Jalen was more polished than these guys at the collegiate level, though. And he won a lot, and he played a ton of football. So I just, I think you're right. I do think we're going to see the the chase, but he's kind of an anomaly in that sense. Like, him and Lamar Jackson, like, those type of quarterbacks, they don't tend to stick around long enough to develop. I I just...
2: Dak, too. They're guys who are more, like, they they dropped because of market inefficiencies and not seeing the potential of where the quarterback position could go and how the college game could translate to the NFL. It. Yeah. And I mean, but I, I think we like, I think the, the peak of that we've kind of gone over the top. Now it's the market inefficiencies
1: gone. On Jalen Hurts, um, he was just an anomaly in so many ways because of just how he grew as a passer. Like, I've never really seen that growth from a quarterback to become an efficient passer like we did from him in college. And part of that's because of how his career went. I mean, you got to play under Saban. I can't remember who his offensive coordinator was at the time. I think it was Sark. Um, I may be wrong on that. Played up in Kiffin. um, I think it started with Kiffin. I don't know who he ended with so you you learn from those guys and then you go play for freaking lincoln riley bro like not many people get to yeah. like learn under that many brilliant coaches in college football in their 4 or 5 6 year career you know
0: getting benched was the best thing that happened for him and he's talked about how he i mean it was kind of a a dose of reality that he needed to improve as a passer that even yeah as great as he was and he hadn't even lost a game when he had gotten benched I was so crazy about it or maybe he would lost one I think he was undefeated at that point though hell yeah he needed to improve he did and, and you know going to Oklahoma that was huge for him like Jake said I just don't think there's gonna be a lot of those guys I don't think the hit rate's gonna be very high
2: no and the Lincoln Riley transfer success stories at Oklahoma Baker Mayfield Kyler Jalen Hurts Jalen right now is so like a world better than either of those other two dudes. That's <laughs> it has prototypical size. It's so stupid. Oh, this stuff is so amazing because it's so stupid sometimes. It's just the best. <laughs> that said, plus 2,000, Will Levis, first overall pick. Let's get into it on the other side. But I think there's some value on the presenting sponsor of this here podcast, DraftKings Sportsbook, right now. NFL wild card week coming up. Uh, it's getting wild. It kind of feels like a crazier wild card week than we've seen in a while. And of course, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is ready to kick it all off, offering new customers a $5 free um, game money line play to get $200. In free bets instantly that's an insane deal that is a massive payout for just five bucks um, all new and existing users can get the sweet deals on all the wild card parlays SGPs and all sorts of other banger props they have um, and you get a risk-free a uh, little risk free play this weekend as well on Wildcard Week. And that's for everyone, not just new customers. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DNVR. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
1: Also, shout out to our friends, new friends. Over at Jive Hive. New friend alert. Yes, sir. Virtual dispensary on wheels where not all highs are created equal. They offer convenient pricing and also the privacy and security one would want to get discreet deliveries wherever you are. If you're already partying or if there's snow coming down and this weather is just unrelenting, hit up Jive Hive. Can and I ask, Jake,
2: what if I'm grinding tape? on some interior O-Line men and I don't have time to get in my car, go out. I just need it delivered. Would that also apply?
1: 100%. Let's, let's go, baby. Let's go. <laughs> uh, just visit jivehive.com. That's J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com and get your order delivered the same day or schedule a delivery window. And we will be there to say hi. Now serving Aurora, Greenwood Village, Monument, Fountain, and various areas of El Paso County. as J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E dot com. Oh, yeah.
0: Cool name, too. Like, if you're, if you're starting up
1: a company and you're just trying
0: to get some good vibes going your way as far as the name goes, Jive Hive, uh, I'm just immediately intrigued.
2: Cool they, graphics, uh, too. Yeah, cool. they're their logo's a little Georgia Tech-esque, and it we is. all we all love DT, so we respect the hell out of that. Yes. Um, gosh. So the other thing that's happened since we last spoke is uh, there's actually a draft order at the top. Mercifully, the Broncos OG pick that has gone to the Seahawks is in top three. It's top five, but not top three Mass. Massive dub for your boys. Hopefully, hopefully, Will Levis is that fifth pick and it's oh a disaster. God. He's like the next Trubisky, Blake bortles and we can just like celebrate it forever. Um, and uh yeah, the other thing is we are big believers in Bryce Young first overall pick, right, Justin. We we unloaded the account when that was at plus money. And yet the Bears have the first overall pick. They have Justin Fields. Everyone presumes the pick will be traded because Bryce Young's odds, despite CJ Stroud's great showing against Georgia, despite the Bears having the first overall pick, just get shorter and shorter. What's your read on all this?
0: Are we sure that the Bears wouldn't at least consider trading Justin Fields. Here we go. They'd have suitors. I mean, they'd certainly have suitors for him. You get Bryce Young on a rookie deal. You get a couple of more years on that deal. I understand that the city of Chicago has really bought into Fields, so I think that's what makes it a little bit harder. I think if there was more skepticism regarding his future, you could Uh probably do it because NFL GMs would still see the value, but He's kind of a fan favorite, so I'm not sure yeah. it would win over, especially because as much as we like Bryce Young, no guarantees in this league. It seems like Fields is, is going to be that guy in Chicago. I'm still skeptical about his longevity if he keeps playing the way that he's playing, but yes. Yes. it's fun to watch. I, I'm just saying, I, I I would pick up the phone. If I was the Baltimore Ravens, I'd consider it with this whole Lamar deal. I mean, there's... There's a lot of factors at play. There's a lot of teams that could use them.
1: It's it's crazy, man. Um, first, before we get back to Bryce Young, how about Lovey Smith just with the ultimate middle finger to the Houston Texans winning that game? Amazing. And compl- fourth and 20, and we're, we're going all <laughs> the way, and then we convert, man. Just unbelievable stuff. It was. Uh, Houston's just got to be sick over that. But it's... If you're Chicago, the question you got to ask yourself is how much would you get for Justin Fields at this point? Um, I, I I don't know the answer to that. Uh, if yours, go ahead.
2: If you're Justin Fields, do you feel like a move away from the Bears might feel like moving from Georgia to Ohio State? <laughs> like, what if? Let's I don't know, just hypothetical. Let's say the Panthers traded. The fourth overall pick to the Bears for him, straight up. And they also hired Station, the OC for the Eagles, who's gotten Jalen Hurts to play this well. And, you know, the Panthers, they're not maybe the sexiest team in the world, but DJ Moore, like, they've got some weapons. You know, uh, the NC State kid, whose name I'm blanking on right now on the Mm O-line. There's some talent yeah. there. Now you add that, just you know, that Philly scheme that that's worked so well. You're in a very easy to win NFC South. Maybe things turn around pretty quickly for you instead of being at the Bears. Um, and then the other interesting thing here is, you know, it's, uh, you like i was talking to the gm at chgo another draft guy jake flanagan shout out to jake um about this and he was saying like the ideal scenario for the bears is to trade down like twice you know and just load up and be able to still be in the top four like really bank on not just bryce young but cj stroud as well and still end up with a will anderson and jalen carter and when i told My Chicago native wife, who doesn't really care about football, but considers herself a a Bears fan, and I fill her in on stuff. I was like, hey, you know, they've got first overall pick. And she was like, oh, who are they going to take? Are they going to add some offensive weapons around their quarterback? I was like, oh, shit, that that actually makes a lot more sense than Will Anderson or – jalen carter that's what they need to do you need to trade down and like get quinton johnson and like you really need to load up on talent around fields that's the other that's the other side of this coin is don't just go bpa like you better make a a commitment here to fields in full because right as as things presently stand as many concerns as i may have about bryce young and being injury prone at his size I think he's going to last longer than Justin Fields from here on going forward. Because it's not sustainable to take those kind of hits. It just isn't.
0: Bears' new president's Kevin Warren, right? The big-time yes, commissioner. crazy. Have to imagine, you know, he's a Justin Fields guy. Something to consider as well.
2: Brought back great football, right? Brought back football that COVID year, him and T-Law. Um, that is a great point. That I, I don't think he's moving.
0: I don't, I don't either. So. It's just a fun discussion point, I, th- I think, to have. I and do too. That, if you're the Bears, I think you have to at least have the calls and you know have those conversations. But yeah, you've got to build around him and at least give it a chance to shake out. If it's if the plan is Justin Fields has to rush for 150 yards a game, I mean, it's going to end up in RG3 territory. You just you can't play that way consistently. We have not seen anybody do it long term.
1: This is just such a massive offseason for Ryan Poles and the front office in Chicago. They have the most cap space in the league. There you got the first overall pick. Uh, last year's draft and free agency decisions were head-scratching, to say the least. So you just you got to be better, and you got to really take advantage of this situation. Otherwise, uh, it's going to look ugly. Go ahead, Justin.
0: If you could put any offensive weapon in this draft class with him, who would it be? would it would it be a dynamic receiver? Would it I mean, Michael Mayer of Notre Dame would be an intriguing guy. I don't think he would be the first guy you would draft, but
2: mm-hmm.
0: who would be your top guy?
2: I'd be all in on Johnson. The like Quentin Johnson guy you saw live this year, Week One, um, Jake. You know, I, I think he's been the most impactful play, offensive playmaker in all of college football this season. And he's got the size, he's got some wiggle to him. I'd like to put a little more muscle on his uh, like calves and lower lower body, but I, I think that he's like dripping with potential. That's the kind of guy you'd want to target.
1: Him and I'm telling you, man, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, we've kind of forgotten about him, but I just keep feeling like he's going to have such a big rise. Once we get into these testings, we get into the pro day, we get into the combine, he's finally back healthy. Uh, The hype for him is going to be, he's going to be up there. It's going to be a conversation at some point. And I think we're going to definitely see him rise into the top 15 for sure. Maybe top 10.
0: On the most recent mock on that pro draft network that Dre sent us, Jordan Addison, wide receiver one, all the way at 14. The Patriots has Bijan Robinson going top 10, though.
2: It, that's what's crazy is Johnson. You see, some mocks he's top ten. He's eighteenth on this TDN mock that has Will Levis first overall, which is what sparked all this. <laughs> as Jake <laughs> shakes his head, oh, how can that's you do something. that?
1: I'm sorry. How can you do that? How can you look yourself in the mirror as like a writer and do that? You can't do that.
2: It's the but NFL man. It's,
0: it's certainly within the realm of possibility. Is the thing? It's what Dre said. Like. You could see the path to which an NFL GM talks themselves into him. All that Jake and I, I think, are are saying in response is just, you have Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, as as Dre put it. I mean, he just balled out. If C.J. Stroud goes number one, I can see that. Will Levis going number one over both of these guys, though? That's criminal. Straight to jail. (laughs) I mean, but guys. It could, happen. it could happen. I'm not, I, it could happen. I'm just <laughs> saying that I'm getting pretty upset about it.
2: You're not wrong. We're all like, as much as we talk, like the middle ground with Will Levis, maybe the best pro Will Levis argument is Daniel Jones.
0: And that took five years. It took and a really- new coach to reconcile.
2: It takes a while, though, with these guys. It takes a while. That's the thing. We don't have patience. Um so I don't know, but very quarterback heavy this mock here with Will Levis one and then Bryce Young too, which like if the Colts traded up to draft Will Levis and let Bryce Young drop into the Texans lap, that'd be insane. Also, as a Bryce Young cat fan, really hoping he doesn't end up with the yeah. Texans. Third thing, I was thinking this earlier, then got sidetracked. Um, eberflus of you know the couple rookie or first time head coaches that got the hook early, uh, Hackett and um, the Texans guy who I'm Lovey, obviously. Yeah, eberflus as bad a job as either. But what do you have to show for it? It's worst Bears season in forever. Like uh,
1: that's it, goes back to Ryan Poles again, man, at GM. I mean, I, I can't remember if he exactly hired Iberflus or if he came in after that, but either way, it's there's some dysfunction already starting yeah. to like rear its head in Chicago. Well, that
0: job's going to be open again, though, probably after this year.
2: Right. New president. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, right. He's going to want his own guys, his own people. Mm-hmm. He wants to pick those. Um, then Will Anderson, three CJ Stroud, four to the Panthers. Um, and the Seahawks get Jalen Carter at five. There's a very like consensus top five with what Will Levis being the wild card, and mm-hmm. then it, I mean, Christian Gonzalez, Broderick Jones. Uh, just like Quentin Johnson is top 10 in some mocks, same thing with Gonzalez or Broderick Jones. They might be in the 20s in other mocks. Tyree Wilson's one of the few guys I am consistently seeing mocked in the top 10. And I think it like. The size, athleticism, and production this year all checks out on that, similar to Quentin Johnson. Two biggest risers are out of the big 12. They're out of Texas, and it's those guys. Um, and then, you know, beyond anything notable you guys noticed out of the smock or any other thoughts you have in this initial draft order, then there's the the trade in the first round for the Broncos, J. Mike.
0: I mean, that was the thing that that jumped out the most to me. It was that they have the Broncos trading for Sean Payton, and in order to get him, they have us sending the 29th overall pick, the 2023 first-round pick you get from the Bradley Chubb trade, plus a 2024 second-round pick, and Albert Okuebunam. And with that pick, New Orleans ends up drafting Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs does feel very Alvin Kamara-esque. That type of player would be fun on the turf in you know, you know, know, oh, New yeah. Orleans. He feels like a very Saints-esque player. Could you live with this compensation? A first and a second, an Albert O, who, for whatever reason, kind of got sent to the shadow realm and then brought back at the end here. We'll see what happens with them moving forward. I'll just, I'll start, I guess, real quick and say I'd I'd be all right with it. As long as it's not two first-round picks, I'd be all right with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, you got to think, you got to consider the San Francisco pick um, because it's, It's at 29 here, and there's a very real possibility it's at 32. And I'm sorry the 32nd overall pick isn't coming in and helping this team next year be, like, as much better as Sean Payton would.
2: Will Brock Um, Purdy ever lose a game? Like, jeez, can this pick be half decent?
1: If if he turns into, like, something, it's going to make me sick that all these other teams and Kyle Shanahan just keeps pulling out these quarterbacks from literally last pick in the draft and the Broncos can't get anything just disgusting. Where are you at, Dre?
2: Honestly, the twenty-four second rounder to me is a little much. To me, that's a bit much. I'd like to enter twenty twenty-four with full draft coffers. I'm really excited about this class. We talked up Bowers, Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be a really phenomenal wide receiver prospect. Caleb Williams, like, dude's just straight up special um you know you've got the tackle from penn state who's coming back to school like offensively the top of that draft already promises to be really really good um and yeah it's a it's a late first rounder but that's not you know you can't throw that away you're gonna find some o-line help you're gonna find some wide receiver help you're gonna find some some positions that'll help you upgrade this offense and you know it's it's easy to say, oh, it's the 32nd pick and is that really going to benefit you? This 32nd pick was acquired through the fifth overall pick that you had in the draft where you passed on Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, among others. Um, and like to, to think that the acid management from that draft has led to this. It makes you think a little bit, but if you are out on Harbaugh, It'd be hard to not land Sean Payton. Like, uh, I've got my heart set a little bit on those two guys um, and kind of the one-man fix and the one shop front office where it's one guy running the entire roster. So I don't know. I'd really try to not give up that second rounder, though. I'll tell you that much. i try to avoid that.
0: I just think they have all the leverage because if you're in New have Orleans and you are going to bring Dennis Allen back and you're comfortable with that, then you just go. Well, Sean will take the studio job and wait out the Cowboys, and Jerry eventually will give us two draft picks. And it may not be this year, maybe it's next year, but we we own him until he decides to come back. I just think it's one of those if if we really are out on Harbaugh. Because I'm right there with you. It's got to be at this point with all of the hype around this process. If they come out of it with Dan Quinn, it's, oh. it's just not going to land with the fan base. It's not going to hit. Especially, and I don't even know if this is a, a logical thing to bring up, but to me it is as a local. With all the hype that CU has with Deion Sanders right now, the fact that they did his press conference in the middle of your game, that's how, like, low the Broncos are at in terms of yeah. engagement and excitement. Like the Broncos ownership has got to read the room and understand the position we're in. And as much as I hate giving up more compensation after what we already did for Russ, it's one of those, like sometimes you have to dig further in order to get out. Like that's the, the, the best route it's going to be longer, but in the end it's the best route. And maybe we finally have less of these poor draft decisions long term like we we bite the bullet short term long term it's the answer i just it's a tough spot cuz this roster does need improvements like as much as i like a lot of the pieces as dre said it's it's not like denver's in a spot where they should just be turning their nose up to potential o line help or potential d line help or receiver or get another corner like there's a lot of a lot of routes that they need to kind of plug and play here these next couple of years
1: to play off that. I mean, they decided what course they were going to take last year when they traded for us. They decided they were going to go um maybe this is a little rough around the edges but they were going to go the Rams course. They traded for the quarterback. They were going to use their draft compensation uh to in I guess some sort of unconventional ways to try and improve their team. Um and if that means that you got to spend another first round pick to get I mean, this is Sean Payton we're talking about. This is a top 10, if not top five coach in the NFL. Um, I know there's a lot that needs to be fixed on the team, but if you go and get this coach and it's it's not hard to be an improvement from what we saw from Hackett, uh, you spend some money in free agency, maybe you trade away some other players just to recoup another top 50, top 100 pick when you can. Um, but I think that was a good analysis there, Justin.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's hard not to. Uh, it's not hard not to agree with you guys. Dan Quinn especially would feel like a very weird double down on both George Payton and Russell Wilson. Um, like with everything that's gone on since the firing of Hackett, it would be weird for them to then turn around in a couple weeks and get Payton's guy and kind of Russ's guy because like they go back. Yeah. They go back. And in some ways I get it because it's where we're at in other ways. I don't, because I would go the complete opposite direction. Um,
0: like, what has Russ shown us that he should be the guy that is driving every organizational decision? You know, I, I think Russ is salvageable. I'm not out on him at this point. Maybe that's the Broncos fan in me looking for for light, but I do think with what we saw at the end of the year with better play calling, like if they can have more consistency in the offensive line, keep some of these receivers healthy for once, good things could happen, but I think you need that Harbaugh or Peyton type personality that comes in and commands the room and kind of... I don't I don't really like phrasing it this way, but kind of puts Russ in his place. Like it just chips the ego down a little bit and reminds him, like, hey, you can be a good quarterback, an above average quarterback. You're not Tom Brady, though.
2: Well, and just both those guys. Uh, they're a joy to watch play call and scheme week in, mm-hmm. week out when you watch their teams, regardless of who's on those squads. It's always like, oh man, they're finding creative ways to to like move the chains consistently with or without Russell Wilson. They're not like stuck to you know have to just rely on him. And I think that's already a plus. So anything else to cover fellas?
0: You want just to say anything the- else yeah. on 2024?
2: All in on 24. All in, which is maybe why I'm all out on on anyone else who wants immediate success like tank for 24 that's that's where your guy is out that's where i will always be at and this class will be fun this class will be fun it's a great class it's actually kind of kind of a great class but next like i'm really excited to to rev up the old engine for 24 it feels like this you know this is like last year's nuggets season like you know some of our best picks are out jamal and mpj they're they're on the sideline first and second rounder we just don't have them this year but next year next year watch out we're real contenders draft pod full contention for 24 i can tell you that right now let's go
0: (laughs) draft pod 2024 you heard it here shout out to the presenting sponsors DraftKings sportsbook download the app use the code dnvr when you sign up Thank you to all of you for listening to our content. We'll be back next week. Keep up with everything else we're doing. Buffs, Rams, Broncos, every other beat in town. Much love to all of you. Peace.